Welcome back to another episode of Faith on the Go podcast. Today's service is from April 16th, 2023. It is the second Sunday of Easter. In today's gospel, the risen Christ appears to the disciples and offers them the gift of peace. We hope you enjoy today's episode. If you like this episode, please like and subscribe to our channel to hear more episodes just like this one. Our first reading comes to us from the book of Acts, the second chapter. After the Holy Spirit comes to the apostles on Pentecost, Peter preaches the gospel to the gathered crowd. He tells them that Jesus, who obediently went to his death according to God's plan, was raised from the dead by God. Finally, he appeals to scripture, quoting Psalm 16, verse 8 to 11, to show that Jesus is the Messiah. Though crucified, the risen Jesus is now enthroned. We read, Peter, standing with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed the crowd. You that are Israelites, listen to what I have said, what I, what I have to say. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested to you by God with deeds of power, wonders, and signs that God did through him among you, as you yourselves know, this man handed over to you according to the definite plan and foreknowledge of God, you crucified and killed by the hands of those outside the law. But God raised him up, having freed him from death, because it was impossible for him to be held in its power. For David says concerning him, I say the Lord always I saw the Lord always before me, for he is at my right hand, so that I will not be shaken. Therefore my heart was glad, and my tongue rejoiced. Moreover, my flesh will live in hope. For you will not abandon my soul to Hades, or let your Holy, Holy One experience corruption. You have made known to me the ways of life. You will make me full of gladness with your presence. Fellow Israelites, I may say to you confidently of our ancestor David that he both died and was buried, and his tomb is with us to this day. Since he was a prophet, he knew that God had sworn with an oath to him that he would put one of his descendants on his throne. Foreseeing this, David spoke of the resurrection of the Messiah, saying, He was not abandoned to Hades, nor did his flesh experience corruption. This Jesus God raised up, and of that all of us are witnesses. This is the word of the Lord. Our second reading comes to us from 1 Peter, the first chapter. This epistle was written to encourage Christians experience hardships and suffering because of their faith in Christ. The letter opens by blessing God for the living hope we have through Christ's resurrection, even amid difficult circumstances and surroundings, we read. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. By his great mercy, he has given us a new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that is imperishable, 
undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who are being protected by the power of God through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you rejoice, even if now for a little while you have had to suffer various trials, so that the genuineness of your faith, being more precious than gold, though perishable, is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Although you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and rejoice with an indescribable and glorious joy. For you are receiving the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. This is the word of the Lord. The Holy Gospel according to St. John, the 20th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. When it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, and the doors of the house where the disciples had met were locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. When he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. But Thomas, who was called the twin, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the mark of the nails in his hands, and put my finger in the mark of the nails and my hand in his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were again in the house, and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were shut, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands. Reach out your hand and put it in my side. Do not doubt, but believe. Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have come to believe. Now, Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written so that you may come to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that through believing, you may have life in his name. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Christ is risen. Christ is risen indeed. Alleluia. You may be seated. And I invite you to join me in a word of prayer. Come, Lord Jesus, be our guest. And let these gifts to us be blessed. Come through locked doors through our fears, through um, the ways that we have turned away, that we are all alone, that we are hiding. 
in the midst of burdens um, and things that we struggle with come with gifts of peace, with your peace that surpasses all understanding. Raise us up with you to new life that we might see that the powers of death have been undone, that the things that divide us, um, the ways that people are set against one another have been overcome with love. Teach us your ways and show us your paths. Breathe upon us afresh the power of your spirit. And now may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, our rock and our redeemer. Let the church say, amen. So I want to refer back to a line in the psalm that we heard this morning. You will show me the path of life. You will show me the path of life. Today's psalm holds special meaning for me as it was read at my ordination 26 years ago. Like many things about that day, I appreciated it without fully realizing its meaning for the twists and the turns that this particular career path would take, would hold for me. And I don't think anybody fully realizes what's in store for them at the outset of any vocational path, other than perhaps a sense of idealism tempered by an intuition that it's going to be hard along the way of the difficulties that will certainly come. And yet, we continue setting out on endeavors of which we cannot see the ending, hoping for the best. Sometimes faith is described in such a way that this adventure is muted, implying that the answers are already given, the destination already secure, and everything completely determined according to some preordained divine order. Church, such thinking is at odds with the themes of today's readings. If they are certain about anything, it is that God's love and grace are sorely tested before proving their tenacity in the face of the trouble besetting us all. Although there is mention of a definite plan and foreknowledge of God, it only describes the grim reality of betrayal, rejection, and death in the experience of Jesus, implying that this is where the power of life must finally be revealed and realized. What does it mean to trust a greater love and grace in the face of such challenges, such grim reality, such struggle? The readings all invite the discovery of an audacious surprise. This discovery is less a concept or an idea to be intellectually grasped than it is a relationship that evolves and deepens with the testing of time. Rather than suggesting an idealized afterlife as the reward for right behavior, the readings describe how your behavior is shaped by a right relationship where God's love and grace are in harmony with your own engagement with life's struggles and challenges. Rather than somehow magically removing you from such experiences, they offer that these can be a kind of laboratory where the parameters 
and the possibilities of love and grace are uniquely realized in your own experience, in your own story. Despite our best efforts, it's difficult to talk about Jesus without encountering this paradox of God in the complicated mess of our humanity. Jesus challenges every idealized notion of God with the persistent reminder of God in your humanity and that of your neighbor and that of the stranger. That's where it really gets interesting. Or how about this? Even your enemy. Even your enemy. (laughs) I'm getting some suspicious looks with that one. What are you talking about? I don't believe that. (laughs) God and my enemy? Yeah. The mess of our humanity. God shows up there. He shows up. Jesus shows up unexpectedly in the very worst situations to reveal in his own battered body Love's victory over every power that would degrade or defeat it. Today's gospel is careful to point out that Jesus was recognized in his wounds. Even graphically describing Thomas's intimate contact with their raw unambiguity. Usually artworks, kind of liturgical artworks, stylize those and make them look kind of neat. But I was really hearing a different thing this year of uh, this is like raw wounds that haven't been healed over yet. And Jesus saying, put your hand in here, touch the wounds, touch where violence um, and pain has happened, has unfolded. All of the gospels suggest that Jesus wasn't immediately recognizable after his resurrection, that he encountered his startled followers unexpectedly, requiring a second look and a check on their, on their assumptions. Where they were conditioned by the power of death, he came to surprise them with the path of life. So church, where has this path surprised you? Maybe that's a hard question for you to think about. Maybe you've never thought about that before, and life is just kind of predictable and straight, and that's what you expect when you come to church, and, you know... There's just nothing to question here. But these texts are inviting something. Where has that path of life surprised you? Where has Jesus showed up in unexpected ways? The psalmist's description of God's protection suggests the many dangers that are along the way of this path. Things like misplaced trust or attempting to go it all alone. Things like dashed hopes or stuff not working out like you planned it to? Anybody relate to those kind of things? And yet through it all is the deepening sense of divine sufficiency in the midst of those very circumstances, of learning through the rhythm of your own heart the surpassing grace of God. The psalmist's determination to rely on God, which is really bold in the psalm, is also counterbalanced by an altogether different determination of the love that refuses to let you go, that will not abandon you to the grave, that names you as a holy one, and that reveals through your own journey 
with all of its messiness, with all of its ambiguity and complexity, the path of life. This is the same path that Jesus shared. The promise that sustained him through betrayal, abandonment, and death, and that raised him victorious from their insidious grip. It is your means of receiving nothing less than a new birth into what the author of 1 Peter calls a living hope that sustains you through the suffering endemic to our humanity to also reveal your humanity's capacity for the fullness of joy. The second century bishop Irenaeus of Lyon is remembered for saying that the glory of God is a person fully alive. And here, this promise of life is revealed in the wounded hands and side of a crucified Messiah who continues showing up in places you would least expect and revealing the path of life. Amen.